Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path, of his Guru Maharaji, and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanwala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. So practice, you got to do practice, I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Anyway, yeah, hi. Hi, Ram Ram. Ram Ram. Annapurna, Annapurna. Um, the gentleman who asked about finding, the, looking for a guru, finding a guru, um, one of the more compelling things that you and the other MTMs talk about... You better exp- use words, okay? Um, the other people who met Maharaji talk about is the experience of his unconditional love. As you said once, his unbearable love. And my guess is that for many people, certainly who have not had the experience of Baba in the body and who maybe don't have... My guess is when you speak of that, many people wish to feel that, to feel unconditional love. Maybe that's why they keep coming, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so after a lifetime, and of doing this and becoming a teacher. What can you say to I'm people? not a teacher, thank you. No, no. Um, you know, what, what can you say to people about having that experience, finding that experience? I would say that the more you long for it, the better it is, period. You have to be where you are. You can't be anybody else. You can't be anywhere else. What you can do is look, be yourself 100%. And the longing for that love is what brings you towards it, period. End of conversation. That's it. Nothing else. That's my only qualification for any of this is longing. This insane amount of longing that destroyed my life. Destroyed everything I thought I was going to be in life and replaced it with all this nonsense. It was that longing which I brought into this life. And when I speak about this love and my guru, and you feel, I want a guru, I want a guru, that's a good longing to have because that longing will 
not leave you until you find what it is you're longing for. There's no easy way to get through this. It sucks. Period. I can't make it all right for anybody. But I can tell you that the more longing you have, the better it is. So what, I shouldn't talk about Maharaji because it makes people unhappy? That unhappiness is a good thing. And that's what happened when I met Ramdas. This longing was, the longing I already had for something that I didn't even know what it was, it got crystallized in a way. It got concentrated, it got super infused. And then nothing could have kept me away from that. And it just worked out the way it worked out. You know, I, I, many of you probably know the story, but so after about a year and a half of hanging out with Ramdas, and I recognized that it was Maharaji that was coming through him, I said, you know, I want to go see Maharaji. And he said, well, I can't tell you where he is. He couldn't even, he didn't even tell us his name. Because when he left India, when Maharaji, it was, when he was going home, Maharaji said to him, don't talk about me in America. So of course, all he did was talk about him. But he never said his name. And he never said where he, where you could find him. But he talked about him. So I said to Maharaji, I said to Ramdas, I'm going to India. And he said, well, you know, I can't tell you where to go. I said, I don't care, I'm going, I'll find him. He said, okay, okay, wait, wait. I'll give you my friend's address in Nanital, which is this little town up in the hills, and you can write to him and see what happens. So his friend's name was KK, KK Shah. Now, KK had grown up in Maharaji's lap from the year eight years old really literally in his lap. Maharaji was like his grandfather and they had the most intimate, sweetest relationship. And KK was, also had the, the, the personality of a spoiled child. If Maharaji said, sit down, he would stand up. If Maharaji said, stand up, he would sit down. Go away, he would stay. Stay, he would go away. Eat, he would fast. Fast, he would eat. That's the way he was, you know. So, after Ramdas met Maharaji the first time, that day, KK was there. He was his translator. And Maharaji said to KK, take him home and take care of him and serve him and feed him and make sure he has what he needs. So Maharaji had given KK this seva or this service to do for Ramdas. So now I wrote to KK and I said, you know, uh, I would like to come and see Maharaji. So he wrote back and saying, you know, he's not in the hills at this time. But when he returns, I'll write back to you and I'll let you know. So about a month later or a month or two later, I got a letter back saying, um, Maharaji, he still didn't say his name, right? Maharaji has returned to his temple in Kenchi. Aha, I have a place. He said, um, and after some days I was able to see him. As you know, Great saints do not encourage the devotees to come to them, but their doors are always open. Great. And then the next line was, and if you're so, if you're traveling in India, you can come see him. Fantastic. Here we go, right? 
Not exactly. Many years later, KK says to me, did I ever tell you what Maharaji said that day? I said, no. He said, well, I came to the temple with, now there were three letters, my letter and two other guys. I came to the temple and I came into the room where Maharaji was and I put the, the letters on the bed next to him. And I sat down on the floor and I began peeling an apple and cutting it into small pieces to feed it to Maharaji. He used to buy these very soft apples because he had three teeth. So you, you cut him this one, yeah. So he was cutting the apple, he was feeding Maharaji the apple and Maharaji was talking to these other people in the room. And he looks down and he sees the letters, what's that? And KK said, the letters from students of Ramdas, they want to come see you. Nay, tell them not to come. What do I have to do with this? And he goes back to his conversation. Now, see the joy, see the play, right? KK got very upset and he began to pout because Maharaji had given him the job of helping Ramdas, so to speak, the seva. And now Maharaji was interfering with the very work that he gave KK to do. And this was unacceptable. So he began to pout and he stopped feeding Maharaji the apple. And Maharaji, and he looked down like this. And Maharaji said, KK, what's the matter? And he, KK showed me, he tried to push his head up like this. KK would look away. Then he let go and he put his head back down like this. Finally, Maharaji said, okay, whatever, say what you want, tell him what you want. So what did he write? Okay, what did he write? He's not gonna lie. He's a good devotee, he's not gonna, but he wrote, as you know, great saints do not, like Maharaji, do not encourage the devotees to come to them, but their doors are always open. So if you're traveling in India, my whole life, hanging on the thread. Oops. Or so it seemed, right? But I thought, great, all I thought was I'm going. I was, I was gonna go, I didn't care what happened. So, I had that longing that pushed me. Everybody has that. But we kill it mostly because we don't believe we can ever really be happy. We don't believe we're worthy of love. We don't believe we can be loved and we can love fully. And so we kill that longing. We try to, to numb it, numb ourselves down with everything we do. That's why the stronger the longing is, the better it is. You know that Rumi poem, you must have heard, Love Dogs? I'll screw it up, but you know, it's like a man is crying, Allah, Allah, and his lips grew sweet with the praising. And a cynic walks by and said, why are you, why are you calling out? Have you ever gotten a, a response? And the guy thinks, oh, he's right. And he quits singing, he quits singing. And he goes to sleep and he has this dream where the guide of souls comes to him and says, why did you stop calling out? And he said, because I never got a response. He said, the calling out is the response. 
He said, you hear that dog moaning in the distance, calling out for its master? That's the connection. We think we're doing it. We think it's up to us. We think when we call out, that's the first thing, and we're waiting for a response. The calling out is the response of the longing that comes from our own soul, our own being. That's the chanting. So when you say the name right once, which means you're fully there, completely immersed in the longing, in the presence, then of course the real realm will come. It's not like it's not here already, but we don't see it. That longing, it saves our, it's the only thing that can save us. And on the other hand, it fucks up our whole life completely. Because nothing will ever be enough. No matter how much we try to fake it, we'll know we're faking it. And we're good at faking it. That's okay. Go ahead, fake it. My heart just said, keep lying, keep singing the false name. Don't stop. One of these days, it'll, it'll come out of you the right way. You have to keep calling out. If you don't do it, what will happen? Nothing. And of course, the name, chanting the name is only one of the many practices. And anything can be a practice if it's done the right way, if it's done with awareness, with intention. The trick is to be able to give yourselves, give ourselves 100% to it. And we don't do that. I remember the winter of 70, 6970, Ramdas and I and others were up at the Lama Foundation all winter. And uh, we heard about this New York artist named Herman who had gone to India and learned to meditate and had come back and was now living just down the mountain from Lama. And uh, so a group of us went to see him. And uh, I sat in the back of the room and everybody else was talking. I was just listening and stuff. And then we were leaving a couple of hours later and I was the last one out the door. He grabbed my arm and he looked at me and he said, you, you have to find out why it is that you can't give yourself 100% to whatever you're doing. You ever see like in a taxidermy shop, you know, the squirrel on the wall. You know, that was me. He nailed me to the fucking wall. It was unbelievable. I can remember that feeling right now. That was 50 years ago. He got me perfectly. And that, and I, from that moment to this moment, I notice that I'm not giving myself 100% to it. So then I recommit again and again. I come back. It's, so at one point, I would assume that I'll come back and I'll never leave. We'll see. It's a nice fantasy.
Uh, Krishna Das, I want to say thank you so much for coming out to LA, our mutual sister. We were going to actually fly to Atlanta to, with uh, uh -huh. Gita. Oh yeah, oh Gita, Mirotra, lovely. Yeah, yeah. we had yeah. a great time. To come and see you, so thank you so much. You a disciple of Dada? Exactly. Uh -huh. And that's what I want to also, Dada talks about when you talk about ripening the soul. He talks about the ego and once we can start to diminish that. I think that's where the ripening process begins. So before you answer that, I just have a request, either today or tomorrow, if you can sing God is Real, because hmm. I have watched it about 50,000 times, and I just cannot get So you know it by now. Give it up. I want to hear it from you. <laughs> I want to hear it from you. This is the weirdest thing. I want to tell you, for some crazy reason, every place I've been going in the last month or so people have been asking me to see God is real after like years I hardly ever sang it oh everybody wants what's the deal here I think I've been sharing it all over social media so that's mm, terrific thank you so he his Dada Vaswani who left his body last year at a hundred years old was one of the greatest saints I've ever met this man there was nothing in there but love it was extraordinary and he was so kind to me uh, the first time I met him was in Chicago and uh, this guy Jeremy who made the, the movie of me you know uh, whatever it's called one track heart yeah he, he was in Chicago shooting and he knew the people where Dada was this was staying so we went over there and so I sang for Dada, and he just sat there. He was in a wheelchair at the time. He was 96, maybe, at that point, or 95. And after I was finished singing, this Indian guy goes, Oh, Dada, when Krishna Das sings, it makes me dance and film it. Dada kind of opened up his eyes. He looked at the guy and said, When Krishna Das sings, it brings my mind to peace. Pretty nice. I thought that's very nice. Thank you. But so then last year, a year and a half ago, he would come to New York and he would ask me to come and sing at his uh, talks. And he would always, he would talk first and then he would sit on the side of the stage and listen while we sang. So the last time I saw him, after we chanted, we went over, I went over there to see him and I was sitting on the ground in front of him. And he just looked at me. And he said to one of his people, he said, go bring those books for Krishna Das. And she said, Dada, they're all the way on the other side of the room in the hallway. And they're, they're, yeah, good, go get them, go get them. So this woman goes off to get the books for me. And he just sat there and he was looking at me and smiling, just looking and smiling. Like 15 minutes went by, right? And another, another one of his devotees said, Dada, Krishna Das is sitting here, but you're not talking. And he looked at her. And then he looked back at me and he smiled again and he said, um, Ralph Waldo Emerson was a very great yogi. And he wanted to meet this other guy in England. I forget who it was. And he took a horse carriage and then he took a train and then he took the boat and then he got to England and he took another train and then a carriage and then he walked and he got to this other guy's, this great saint's place in England, this yogi's place in England, this is in the 1800s. And they went in 
And they sat for an hour together without a word being spoken. And then Ralph Waldo Emerson left and walked and took the train and did it in the boat and went back home. And then he looks at her and he looks over at me and he said, Krishna Das and I have said everything there is to say. That was the last time I saw him. He was so beautiful. God. That there are beings like that, it's inconceivable. We slog around in our miserable lives. <laughs> and there are beings like that in the world. And we are like that. But we don't see that. It's extraordinary. Kindness, kindness. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com, K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.